Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, a breath of fresh air, a voice of reason, this is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome back. It is good to be back with you and to continue our ongoing conversation, interaction. Hope you had a wonderful time over the past few days. For many of you, it's been an extended weekend beginning on Thursday. I know it was for me. I'll talk a little bit more about the time that I had the past few days. Uh, Actually, on Wednesday, after this broadcast, late afternoon, I left for Kentucky. Had a wonderful time with my sister, my mother, and other relatives celebrating the Thanksgiving holiday. And also spent some time with a good friend of mine who I, I get to run into on some of the visits to Kentucky. I'll tell you more about that a little bit later on because of an interesting uh, spontaneous invitation I received to a Thanksgiving party. This was in Kentucky. It was so revelatory in so many ways. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on. I'm also uh, eager to hear your stories, for that matter, how you spent the past few days. And for that matter... I'm curious as to what's going on in preparations for Christmas. I don't know about you, but it it feels like this time between Thanksgiving and Christmas just zips by every year. I'm serious. Christmas is going to be over before you know it. And what's the mood right now? Are you prepared for Christmas? Are you ready to delve into all that the holiday entails? Or is there a sense of dread? Have you already indulged in Christmas shopping? Because I know how important last Friday was and how important today is in terms of retail. I would love to get your thoughts during the course of the broadcast today. A lot of interesting news items, but also... We'll have an interesting conversation about narratives, because as many of you know, we live in a world where even in what is so-called news coverage, a lot of it is not straight news. There's an agenda, and sometimes there's very aggressive efforts to propagandize you. More and more, we're seeing that fail. We'll discuss that during the course of the broadcast today. How about some positive, encouraging stories? I'm always down for a story about the preservation of life. And we begin here. The Georgia Supreme Court has reinstated a heartbeat bill after a left-wing judge overturned it. This happened late on Wednesday. The judge in Fulton County overturned it. The measure banned most abortions after six weeks as a fetal heartbeat is typically detected then. Breitbart News reported Fulton County Judge Robert C. McBurney struck down Georgia's abortion ban, attempting to read the right to abortion into the state's constitution. These politicians... Passing themselves, passing themselves off as judges, love to read what's not there. Just like what happened with Roe versus Wade, Planned Parenthood versus Casey. McBurney's opinion came after the overturn of Roe and Casey in Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization and made a blatant appeal to substantive due process, the invention of constitutional rights by the judiciary. 
saying the ruling is merely a reinforcement of what ought to be for everyone, the uncontroversial notion that if the judicial branch has declared a constitutional right, legislatures exceed their authority, improperly expand their role, and fundamentally alter the balance struck by the separation of powers when they enact laws they know to be plainly and facially unconstitutional. The state Supreme Court, however, (laughs) came out with a one-page reversal of McBurney's opinion. A reversal, just like that. So, I don't know about you, I'm encouraged. This is not a situation where we're going to save all these lives. But in the places where we can, it's got to be absolutely awesome. Less unnecessary bloodshed. And and another corner of the country. Some of you may find this strange that I think this is a positive development, but I think it is. Handgun owners carrying daily in the U.S. doubled in four years. What's the reason for this self-protection? I'm glad people are recognizing responsibility for their own protection. It's really that simple. The number of respondents to the online survey who said they carried a gun in the last month also nearly doubled from 9 to 60 million. It's 9 million in 2015. Twice the number of Americans were carrying handguns daily in 2019 compared to 2005. 6,000 gun owners carried handguns every day in 2019, up from 3,000 in 2015. This is a study from the American Journal of Public Health published November 16th. The number of respondents to the online survey who said they carried a gun the last month also nearly doubled from 9 million to 16 million. The study focuses on owners carrying a handgun on their person, not in their car. This is an upward trend that we're seeing with states loosening restrictions for handgun, for carrying a handgun. And more gun owners cite protection as the top concern. As you know, we have the significant decision by the U.S. Supreme Court overturning a strict gun-carrying law in New York. The authors of this study wrote this ruling could further catalyze the loosening of firearm-carrying regulations in different parts of the country at a time when, as our study indicates, trends in handgun-carrying already point to more U.S. adults carrying loaded handguns in public places, including without a permit, when a permit is required. Hmm. Study's lead authors addressing the issues here, little's known about the frequency features of firearm carrying among adult handgun owners in the U.S. In fact, over the last 30 years, only a few peer-reviewed national surveys were conducted with some very basic information. What does this mean? These are folks who are going to have more skin in the game. More skin in the game, recognizing the importance of this constitutional right and a desire to protect it. To stand with it. It's really that simple. Not complicated at all, ladies and gentlemen. And that, I think, is a very good thing. Still to come in the broadcast, we're going to talk about the box office. A big disappointment for Disney. Seems some narratives are not going over well with the American people. We'll talk about it much more as we continue. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the broadcast, I was just texting a friend of mine who's lamenting going on a trip to the beach. The water was very cold and... This person believes he's getting sick. <laughs> this is pretty sad. It really is. Not the time of the year I'm going to be getting into the water. I'm just telling you that. 
You know, maybe down in Florida, absolutely. North Carolina, South Carolina beaches, I don't think so. I'm just saying. If you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110. 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Over on the text line, we start here. Come on, Vince. You've got to admit, you've been given an early Christmas present. Donald Trump, Kanye, and a white supremacist having dinner together. The only one missing was Herschel Walker. I guess he was trying to get rid of his erection statement. Gosh, it really was challenging. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not even sure we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this. I'm, I'm really not. They completely ignore it. Because I, yeah. Just putting it there. This texture saying it's staggering to me. Conservative talk radio isn't all over the obvious genocide of humanity happening worldwide. It should be the number one priority to stop people from taking the jab. Why is there no courage left on the right? It's Wanda out of Greer. Concerned about the shots being given out. And we have this just in. You rock, Vince. Love the show. Thank you for what you do. Well, thank you very much. I want to, during the course of the broadcast, one of the things we're going to do is going to blow up narratives. We do this all the time, folks. Because a lot of what people believe is based on narratives. I mean, just uh, a friend I was talking with just the past few days I couldn't help but to think how much this poor soul has just been propagandized. Because it, it kind of reminds me, remember what Ronald Reagan said? It's not that people are ignorant. It's not that liberals are ignorant. It's just that they believe so much that just isn't so. That's exactly what's going on. So we have a tremendous job. Ideally, to educate, to do so in a way that is gracious, not mean, nasty, disrespectful. We'll talk about this a little bit later on. Breitbart has an interesting piece. John Nolte, he's one of my favorite writers over there, Breitbart. This is a time a lot of people are going to be going to movies. And there are some new offerings out there. One of them, have you heard about Strange World? John Nolte has an interesting take on it. Disney's big gay green Strange World crashes at the box office. Their latest animated feature, the gay green Strange World, just tanked. What a shock. You mean no one wants to waste their Thanksgiving weekend having their children prematurely sexualized by groomers with a side order of Enviro guilt? This should do wonders for Disney's already cratered stock price. Strange World. Are you, this blows my mind. When I saw this, I thought, this can't be true. The cost for this movie. Anywhere from 150 to $180 million to produce. Add another 50 to $100 million to promote. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is a catastrophe quarter of a billion dollar write-off per the far left deadline which is again making anti-science excuses for this flop strange worlds on course for a three-day opening weekend of just 15.8 million dollars boy is that pathetic over the five-day holiday weekend estimated to reach only 20 to 23 million it's a massive feature-length disney cartoon It's tanking. The thought of this happening just a few years ago, according to John Nolte, was laughable. Everything Disney touched, it turned to gold. 
Remember, Disney was the go-to brand. We trusted Disney to deliver not only quality entertainment, but wholesome entertainment. Entertainment for the whole family. That's what they used to provide, right? Now you know those days are over. The predators at Disney are coming for your kids. Everyone knows it. The Disney brand is now the equivalent of a nondescript van and a guy behind the wheel offering your kids candy. Wow, this is brutal. And now to once again point out what lying hacks the entertainment media are, just how far these hacks are willing to bend over and sell out their integrity. I give you Deadline's anti-science excuse for Strange World's box office disaster. One former Disney exec once told me, they're very good at making the best worst case decision. And in the scenario of Strange World, that's sending it to Disney Plus by the holidays. Oh, so that's why Strange World tanked. It's not the enviro propaganda or the teenage homosexuality. No, no, no. Strange World tanked because it will be on Disney Plus in 30 days. After all, why go to the movies when you can watch it at home in 30 days, right? <laughs> Except Disney did the exact same thing with Encanto last year. In 2021, Encanto was released in theaters. For the Thanksgiving weekend, dropped on Disney Plus in time for the Christmas holidays. Guess what the opening was? $41 million. So under the same conditions, why would Encanto open to $41 million? Strange World do about half that. Why would the liars at Deadline hide that rather pertinent fact from gullible readers? This is a head-scratcher. Deadline also tried to soften the blow with this sleight of hand. It's not the worst for a Disney animated pick, particularly over Thanksgiving, but it's darn close. Their $140 million original animation movie Treasure Planet was in freefall back in 2003 with a three-day take of $12 million, $16 million in five days. You forgot inflation. In today's dollars... 16.5 equals 27 million, which according to my public school math adds up to more than Strange World's 20 to 23 million. Strange World's environmental propaganda sounds obnoxious enough, but Disney also had to add a gay subplot involving two teenage boys. Adult sexuality in a kid's movie? Why? We all know why. Just like this summer's Super Gay Lightyear, which also flopped. Disney's preying on your children, looking to destroy their innocence before you as a parent are ready for that to happen. Teaching tolerance for people who are different is a noble thing. Disney's been doing that for nearly a century now. Doing it without adding overt sexuality. I'll say it again, Disney's become a company no decent parent will dare leave their child alone with. Drag queens normalizing, promoting the mental illness and self-mutilation of the trans hysteria? Homosexual kids? It's a problem. John Nolte is right on the money. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm sharing with you this Breitbart piece... Disney's big gay green strange world crashes at the box office. A piece by John Nolte. And boy, does he come out swinging at the very end. He says, this is all headed in one direction, normalizing sex between adults and children. It sounds crazy. But look at what Disney's doing today that sounded crazy five years ago. The end game is making you feel like a bigot for not allowing a hairy drag queen to take your six-year-old son to bed. What else could the end game be? It's probably not the end game, because there's never an end game with the left, just a slippery slope of unimagined depravities. And let me say again, and I want to make this very, 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 very clear. You're hearing this not for some crazy right-wing extremist. I'm speaking from my heart and telling you Many of my instincts are strongly libertarian. Live and let live. I'm not looking to discriminate against anybody, make anybody's life miserable. 
But at the same time, if I had younger children, I'm boy, am I glad they're older now. <laughs> There's no way in hell I would allow adults to engage in sexual conversation or whatever with my children, period. This has really gotten way out of hand. And I think John Nolte's right. There is no bottom to this. There's no end to this. Variety saying this strange world likely to lose $100 million. $100 million. It's a lot of money, folks. And maybe they see this as a charitable contribution. I don't know. But I'm glad that what they are serving up, what Disney is serving up, people are rejecting. That's cause for celebration. The Hill reporting just two House races remain undeclared. Can you believe? Are we approaching a month? And we've still got races undecided? This is insane. Nonetheless, two House races remain undeclared. Republicans lead in both. Democrats able to hold on to the Senate, keep control of a number of key House seats after the red wave failed to materialize. Republicans last week narrowly crossed the 218-seat threshold to take the House. Now more than two weeks after the midterms, two House races, guess where? California, Colorado, still up in the air. Now, the Democrat has conceded in Colorado. If the current GOP leads hold, Republicans will secure a total of 222 House seats. Democrats will have 213. 222 to 213. This would be the exact reverse of the 2020 election cycle, with the House split in the Democrats' favor. California's 13th Congressional District Republican John Duarte, ahead of Democratic former state assemblyman Adam Gray by less than 600 votes. 99% of the vote counted. This was seen as a toss-up heading into Election Day. Well, we can see that it definitely is. The 13th Congressional District, currently represented by Representative Barbara Lee, who decided to run in and win the new 12th District. Gray was endorsed by California Governor Gavin Newsom and both of California's Democratic Senators, Dianne Feinstein and Alex Padilla. But the redrawn lines made a blue win uncertain. In Colorado's 3rd Congressional District, the vote count is similarly slim. 99% of ballots tallied. Sitting Republican Lauren Boebert, up by around 550 votes over Democratic challenger Adam Frisch, razor-thin margin, kick-started a recount under Colorado's election rules. Frisch was at one point leading Boebert by 64 votes in the reliably red district Boebert had been expected to win easily. The Democrat actually conceded the race last week, saying he didn't think a recount would reverse Boebert's victory. But the race has not been formally called yet. So there you go. So the margin a little bit uh, greater, but still not a lot. Enough. Another person you ought to know about, his name is Thomas James. He is another man in that Club Q shooting who acted in a heroic fashion. He helped to disarm the Colorado nightclub shooter. And we found out who he is just a few days ago. Thomas James saying, I simply wanted to save the family I found. If I had my way, I would shield everyone I could from the nonsensical acts of hate in the world. But I'm only one person. Thankfully, we are family, and family looks after one another. We came a long way from Stonewall. Bullies aren't invincible. Putting out a statement saying, I want to support everyone who has known the pain and loss that have been all too common these past few years. My thoughts are with those we lost November 19th, those still recovering from their injuries. To the youth, I say, be brave. Your family's out there. 
You're loved and valued. You are loved and valued. By the way, James, in stable condition at the hospital, the hospital said he's focusing on his recovery and will not be conducting any media interviews at this time. That was his first public statement. We had heard some days ago that there was another person involved in subduing the suspect. Now we have a name, Thomas James. The shooter was tackled to the ground by Richard Fierro. Remember hearing from him, the Army veteran? Very energetic Army veteran. (laughs) He was there celebrating the club with family and friends. James is the guy who pushed the rifle out of the shooter's reach, while Fierro struck and subdued the shooter with the other firearm that this person had, a handgun. So there you go. I thought you should know who this person is. So many times, so much attention is given to the person who sometimes is looking for attention and doesn't deserve it. Still to come in the broadcast, we're going to go back to the subject of narratives. And boy, have I gotten an education the past few days in the desire for victimhood, in the desire to be recognized as persecuted and a dogged desire to make incidents hate crimes. We're going to talk about this. And you'll be quite intrigued by a new twist in a story that goes right back to this narrative again. That much more as we continue our Monday broadcast. Stay with us. Over on the text line, we've got this. Vince, I think you should talk about Donald Trump's Thanksgiving dinner because this is the very reason we don't need him as the presidential candidate in 2024. Ouch. By the way, it wasn't Thanksgiving. It was on Tuesday, that meeting with Kanye and the (laughs) alleged white supremacist. Uh, There's a point where I just, I, there's really nothing additional to say. Really isn't. What is, what could I possibly add? Vince, I think Herschel Walker's goose is cooked. He will lose. Won't even be close. Think so. But kind of interesting to see how that race turns out. Coming up on the broadcast on the subject of narratives, you know, it blows my mind how sadly Ignorant, so many people are. And one of the reasons they're ignorant is their history understanding doesn't go beyond the time that they've been alive. And sadly, many of them don't have much curiosity about what happened before they were here. Maybe they wouldn't have to learn the same stupid lessons. See, I one of my favorite comments someone made years ago This really stayed with me. One of the most important things you can learn how to do is to learn the lessons of people who've made mistakes before you so you don't have to repeat them. They made them for you. But it's really sad when people come along and they think, you know, I'm really smart. This is a new generation. We're going to try something new. It's not new at all. And the results of their behavior, their attitudes, are entirely predictable. But they're not interested in history to find out. (laughs) We'll address this during the course of the broadcast. I want to go into this subject of narratives as it relates to hate crimes. As you know, Colorado Springs, what happened there was tragic. I'm not a person who is really big into this whole hate crime thing. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you kill someone, they're dead, period. 
And the motive of that, which might be interesting to find out, doesn't make that person more or less dead. It's a crime. And as far as I'm concerned, every crime is a hate crime because it shows contempt for another human being. That's my that's been my perspective all along. But to the left, it's really important to identify certain groups that need to be quote protected. Now these laws again don't provide any protection. They don't. They give us the opportunity to virtue signal about how we are, quote, protecting people in this particular group or that group. What has been really intriguing to me is over the last week, whether it's social media or conversations with people, how many people are absolutely determined that what happened in Colorado Springs has to be a hate crime, absolutely has to be. Imagine their disappointment when they found out that the person who committed the crime is non-binary, allegedly part of their community. Newsweek actually did a piece on this. Anderson Aldrich non-binary revelation leaves Internet divided. Reports the 22-year-old suspect who allegedly killed five people and wounded 18 others in a nightclub in Colorado Springs identifies non-binary have sparked outrage among LGBTQ rights activists and Internet users. What could they be outraged about? In a Tuesday night court filing obtained by a New York Times reporter, Anderson Lee Aldrich's attorney, say the suspect, who's facing multiple murder and hate crime charges over the shooting at Club Q, is non-binary. They use they-them pronouns. He used to be known as MX, Anderson Aldrich. Many on the Internet have cast doubt over whether Aldrich genuinely identifies as non-binary, raising concerns this might simply be a move to harm the LGBTQ community from an individual who now stands accused of committing a hate crime against queer people. See, I thought it's only right-wingers who were supposed to engage in conspiracy theories. Here's what one Latina trans activist said. The identification as non-binary is almost certainly a troll. The record was sealed, but now this filing comes out while no other information is available. This is clearly an intentional troll by the shooter to further harm the community. Why are they saying this? They don't know. Do you know this man's heart? Do, do you know? No, of course they don't. But it blows their narrative. Aaron Reed, activist. I swear to God, if the shooter is using non-binary identification as a parting shot to the trans community, the right wing laps it up. This is extremely sick. The Club Q shooter immediately identifying as non-binary with no previous evidence and right wing media immediately taking that as fact as proof. No one who is anti-LGBT gives a blank about logic. Just whatever comes out that is convenient. Even ignoring the immediate political ripples from doing something like that seems like the obvious thing to do after any queer hate crime. To avoid getting charged for hate crime. This is what they're saying. This is a conspiracy. This guy is not non-binary. He's just doing it for his defense. (laughs) I'm telling you, this, I'm just going to tell you, it's mental illness get off of it people it's mental illness hour number two and musical monday straight ahead this is the vince coakley radio program whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice in the wilderness, a thought-provoking broadcast in a world of ignorant nonsense. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. 
Hour number two of our broadcast. And over on the text line, in response to what I shared about narratives. And folks, there's more to come. One of the stories touted by the leftists last week as evidence of all the people coming after gay people. You'll be intrigued to learn the direction one of those stories has gone. But first, on the text line. Wow, I never imagined the alphabet community could have evil members. Exactly. This is what we don't want to recognize about ourselves. All of us are susceptible to evil. There's no special protected class or group that cannot commit crimes or do evil things. Also on the text line, Vince, didn't you know that anything that's devastating to a leftist argument has to be a lie? (laughs) This man shouldn't be tried for hate. Hate is a feeling. He should be tried for murder. That's the crime he committed. Yes. Vince, if Herschel Walker's goose is indeed cooked, then so is ours, because we can kiss the filibuster goodbye, which will help expedite Biden's extreme policies. We can bet on the Supreme Court getting packed with super leftists and other crazy stuff. People need to get out and vote for Walker. If he flounders, primary him on the next go-around. That's from Jeff. Hmm. As far as the depravity of the entertainment industry, I was always told that sin will take you farther than you want it to go. It will cost you more than you expected to pay, as well as taking us lower than we ever imagined we would fall. It will take a mighty act of God for us to turn this around. We might not be ready for what that mighty act might be. It's scary. Jeff, I am with you wholeheartedly. But the good thing is, whatever direction you're going, if it's not the right one, you can change directions, which is the message for today's Musical Monday. Now, I want to explain here. Some of you may not like certain musical styles, I want to encourage you, as I continue to do, to be able to take in messages in different packages. I don't care for rap, but there are rap songs that have a good message. I don't care for heavy metal and a lot of hard rock. But I can't take the time to listen sometimes and hear something that I probably need to hear. So in that spirit, I offer to you, this is a song that goes way back to the 1980s. And one of my favorite, well, actually, favorite musician of mine, jazz musician, his name is Joe Sample, rest his soul. And one of my favorite groups, Take Six, they teamed up for this song called U-Turn. It's today's feature on Musical Monday.
Take Six, performing that song with Joe Sample. I love these lines. When you're feeling low, you need to undergo a simple change of heart. Put some latitude in your attitude. Don't be concerned with yesterday. You've got to make a beeline for tomorrow. Your heart will surely find a way. You'll learn to undo the heart burning when you turn. Musical Monday on the Vince Coakley radio program. Much more as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the text line at 71307. <laughs> and boy, do we have a variety of things here for our entertainment, edification. Vince, people are people. I don't understand why certain people identify themselves as to who they like to have sex with. Is that really enough to sum up a person's entire existence, their sexual preference? That is an excellent question. Man, I hate that jazz crap. Look what it did to Bill Cosby. It warped that man's mind. (laughs) You need to check your resources because Bo and Beth spent the last hour of their show talking about the Thanksgiving dinner Donald Trump had with Kanye West and white supremacists. Um, To clarify, the tweet from Kanye went out on Thursday. The dinner was Tuesday. Just to clarify the timeline there. Gay people must think straight spend our time thinking of ways to thwart them. We don't care where they sleep with as long as it isn't our kids or animals. (laughs) Uh, We have this as well. Nobody wants to listen to your taste in music. Get on with the show. And this person says just spent the last five minutes. Trying to find that news talk station. (laughs) Uh, Vince, can you really define exactly what mental illness is? It seems to be this overly broad term used to describe any strange behavior. It's like calling any ache or pain a person has is an inflammation. A catch-all word. Yeah. Vince, you should line up some Chris Bodie for Music Monday. Really good jazz. Saw him the last time he was in Charlotte. Best concert I've been to. That does not surprise me at all. Listeners will be ready to, um, well, they might get very restless <laughs> if we played some Chris Bodie here. It's got to be some message in there. I want to have a little fun. And folks, I want you to understand, I mean no disrespect by this at all. But this is another example of the kind of thing I was talking about in the previous hour where frankly a lot of people in the alphabet mafia or who identify with the alphabet mafia are really ticked off about the fact that this guy the suspect in the Colorado Springs shooting has declared himself to be non-binary I got another twist for you because I remember one liberal and I don't mind saying this idiot I think it was a politician going on and on and on, complaining about, oh, there's all these hate crimes happening all over the place. And this person cited what I'm about to tell you about as a hate crime. I want you to listen to this story very carefully because it takes a twist. That totally blows up this narrative. Do you hear about the gay bar where bricks were thrown in several days? This apparently happened. So they had closed-circuit footage of a man throwing the brick of the window, and it went viral. David DePeralisa runs Verse in Hell's Kitchen. He says someone has thrown bricks to the window three times in five days. They think it's the same person. The window's shatterproof, but still cracked. He was getting nowhere. But then, that footage led to clearer footage of the same man shopping in a nearby store. Cops made an arrest. They have taken Sean Coulian, 
into custody. 34-year-old guy charging him with reckless endangerment and criminal mischief for the attacks. On the way to court, cops walked cooling in front of the media, asked why he appeared to attack a gay bar. Guess what he said? I'm gay myself. <laughs> asked for the reason he'd attack the gay bar, he replied, something personal. Later telling investigators he was exacting revenge on behalf of a female friend who had an ongoing issue with someone at the bar. <laughs> This is so convoluted. The chief of detectives, James Essex, said basically what he says. He knows a girl who had a problem with one of the guys in the bar. He was exacting revenge. As of right now, we don't have any reason to believe this is a hate crime. You notice how people, they were quick to jump to conclusions here, which is the first thing you don't do, especially if you are in the media. And the media played right along with this, and they beat this drum as another piece of evidence of a hate crime. I just think this is laughable. It is. Because it, again, shows how people are determined to push a narrative when they do not know the facts. Let's talk about not knowing facts, like history. Ms. Alyssa Milano. She has really taken a beating on social media, and rightfully so, because her ignorance has been put on display. She was brutally mocked online for an epic virtue signal fail after announcing her decision to swap her Tesla for a Nazi-funded, Nazi-founded Volkswagen to dissociate from hate and white supremacy. So here's the story. She's showing off some time ago. She was a proud Tesla owner. So she took to Twitter Saturday to tell the world she returned her Tesla vehicle and purchased a Volkswagen instead. She criticized the Elon Musk-owned social media platform for allowing hate and white supremacy. I gave back my Tesla. I bought the VW EV. I love it. In addition, she expressed being unsure how advertisers can buy space on Twitter. Publicly traded companies' products being pushed in alignment with hate and white supremacy doesn't seem to be winning business model. Earlier this month, Volkswagen, Europe's largest car manufacturer, founded in 1937 by the German Labor Front under the direction of Adolf Hitler's National Socialist Party, Suspended advertisements on Twitter. In response to Elon Musk's vow to make the social media platform a home for free speech. In response to Milano's remarks, many took to social media to slam the Hollywood activist's epic virtue signal fail. Volkswagen was literally founded by the Nazis and Hitler, wrote conservative comedy duo Kevin Hodge and Keith Hodge, better known as the Hodge Twins. Musk himself replied with a laughing emoji as well as 100. Apparently, an expression of absolute agreement with the Hodges' observation. <laughs> Actor Nick Searcy, Democrats are this stupid. She traded in a car made by an African-American for a car from a company developed by the Nazis while whining about white supremacy. <laughs> How about this? You may want to look up the origins of Volkswagen before you try to virtue signal with this one. From Calgary-based columnist Corey Morgan. Nothing says I'm concerned about white supremacy like buying a car from a company founded by the Nazi government. Writer Mark Hemingway. Who wants to tell her Volkswagen was founded in 1937 under the direction of Adolf Hitler? John Cardillo. You mean the same VW Hitler loved? Asked Dr. Sebastian Gorka, former president, Trump advisor. So brave, mocked conservative commentator Katie Pavlich, as she shared the German carmaker originally operated by a Nazi organization described as Hitler's pet project. Yes, Volkswagen, a company certainly never had anything to do with racists, mocked one Twitter, Twitter user. <laughs> this is great stuff, isn't it? <laughs> Stay with us.
see what we've got here over on the text line. This person says, check out the lyrics to Iron Maiden's The Writing on the Wall. I think you'll find them very prophetic. Hmm. Ms. Milano's education level. <laughs> on display here, especially in history. Rather sad, isn't it? Ms. Milano has no self-awareness, this texture says. Vince, I wonder if the guy throwing the bricks can sue the media for slandering his name. <laughs> oh, this is this is too rich, isn't it? I enjoy your jazz interludes, even though bluegrass is my first love in music. Keep playing jazz. It's kind of interesting. I don't know if I ever told you this story on this broadcast. Back when I was playing country music, yes, I worked at a country station in Kentucky. It's my first job there once I moved. And there was a six-week period where the guy who did the bluegrass show had bypass surgery. He was out six weeks. So guess who had to spin bluegrass music for six whole weeks? I'm just being honest. I felt like it was in hell. <laughs> but I did it, and I survived. Just putting it out there. Let us see here. Vince, who do you think gets tied in knots more, pretzels, shoelaces, or liberals? Trying to spin everything on conservatives and finding that we're not behind the shenanigans. How about Alyssa Milano's virtue signal, epic fail? I did not see that coming, Jeff. That is so bad. Get it? Not see that coming. Yeah. I'm a white male who likes women and has guns. That means I used to be a racist. Now it means I'm a white supremacist. Wonder what buzzword word that I'll be next year. There's no telling. <laughs> There's really no telling the world we live in. 99% of mental illness is environmental. has nothing to do with your physical health. When you have moral rules for society, meaning free markets, allocate wealth, criminals who try to take away other people's rights are punished and intact families, there'll be few instances of people reacting to what they perceive as an unjust society. That's when people act out in ways that we think are just insane. They're responding to what they think is a society that's been unfair to them. That's what they're saying is, I bet you'll notice me now. That's kind of interesting. It, it gets attention for sure, doesn't it? Speaking of getting attention, you watching what is taking place now in China? This is huge, ladies and gentlemen. Where is this going to go? They're referring to it as China's COVID revolution. Three years of growing anger over Beijing's obsession with failing lockdowns. It's exploding across the country. Z is promising to crack down and punish protesters severely. Hundreds have taken to the streets. Unprecedented display of anger against his rule. Experts are warning a crackdown. It's inevitable with activists facing severe punishment. You know, this is something that brings back memories of Tiananmen Square. You remember that? But in one sense, this is bigger because it's in multiple locations. How do they bring this under control? I suspect it's going to be brutal. Very brutal. This story by the UK Daily Mail starts off talking about how barely a month ago, Xi Jinping assumed an historic third term as China's leader with hardly a whisper of protest. A banner draped on a Beijing overpass was the only sign of dissent against his rule. The owner was swiftly tracked down and punished. Few guessed it then, but that banner calling for an end to draconian zero COVID policies and the removal of Xi as leader. Warning of what was to come. An explosion of anger. Three years of failing lockdowns. Can you imagine? I mean, think of how many of us felt about the policies that have been carried out in this country. And it wasn't three years. Because these are folks who were already oppressed in the first place.
The demonstrations against Zia's oppressive COVID crackdowns, increasingly authoritarian rule, are now sweeping the country. Activists taking to the streets of Beijing, Shanghai, Wuhan. Unprecedented wave of dissent. So far, Z's not even acknowledged the marches. But they aren't expecting him to back down. One expert on China warning Beijing is going to crack down hard and protesters are going to face severe punishment. Severe. These pictures are extraordinary. See how many people lighting up their phones in defiance, in public. The director of foreign policy think tank, the Henry Jackson Society, said this is a serious concern for Z, given he just set himself up as a dictator for life and would not have been expecting such open dissent. It is not existential, as his surveillance and enforcement state will inevitably crack down hard and punish these protesters severely. China was able to decimate Hong Kong from afar. So there's no possibility of this movement catching fire on domestic soil. Another expert saying abandoning zero COVID now would be too embarrassing and a sign of weakness for Z. The only thing he can do is turn to repression to stamp out further protests against the policy and leadership. And that's what we're likely to see here. A crackdown, a brutal crackdown. And since we're talking about Tiananmen Square in comparison the scale of this kind of response from the Chinese government could be very very ugly pray for these folks who are facing very very oppressive circumstances stay with us this is the Vince Coakley radio program 